Hey, Gary. Yes? Hey, do you want to do a podcast with me where we explore core topics? Oh, fuck yeah. Yes. Hey, and let's call it Queer Nundrum. Oh my God, yes. Awesome. Please listen carefully. Hey, welcome to our episode, Queer Nundrum. I'm your host, Holly Greystone. And I am your other fabulous host, Gary M. Thorin Jr. Hey there, beautiful. How are you doing? I am wonderful. I'm doing great. How are you doing, you sexy motherfucker, you? <laughs> well, geez, you must know what I've been up to to know that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, just, I always assume. <laughs> you just assume. It's safe to assume. I'd rather, if someone's going to make an assumption, I'd rather be that assumption. Um, doing well. Doing really well. Had a, just, it's just a beautiful week so far. It's been decently warm, not too cold. It's like 40s. So I'd take that right now, especially uh, with work, you know, all this stuff that we're doing up there too. Um, oh, that's improve, right. Yeah. yeah, improve all the pro, you know projects that we're doing, and and not have to contend with winter maintenance as well because that takes up time, you know, and people need to rest when they've been out shoveling and snow blowing and all that. So it's nice to be able to do a lot of the indoor work and address those needs, and that's been really nice. I've had great opportunities to um, support and lead a lot of our uh, teammates, which is. That's been, that has just been a huge blessing. It's nice to be able to share with others the things that people have done for me over my life growing up, just teach me how to slow down and how to do certain breathing exercises to bring my anxiety down or my stress down or whatever it is. And to know like that's a perfectly normal thing. Like we just need to learn how to create that space for each other. And I, I actually won in, one day I had two employees come to me and they're like, I just don't know what to do. And like, they're just kind of stressed out. And I'm like, well, what would you like for me? And like, how can I support you? And like, I just need someone to listen. Who's, who's not, who, who's, who I don't know very well. And, and just, I just, you know, just kind of frantic. And I'm like, sure, no problem. And I'm in the middle of like, I feel like there are important things. I have people that are waiting on me in a, in a meeting. And it's like, I, I can't be like, well, can you, can your crisis can your crisis hold for a second? Cause I'm a little busy for you. So instead I'm like, cool. And I just sat there and they didn't say anything for one in particular individual didn't say anything for like two minutes. I'm like, are we going to talk? <laughs> what are we doing right now? And finally, just by creating that silence, they opened up, they shared some things that were going on that they just needed to put out there. And they, how they usually handle stress is that they throw things and they yell and they usually like slam doors and, and usually it's harm to themselves than it is to anybody else. Cause really they're just acting out and they recognize that they recognize that that's not who they want to be. And that's not what they want to do. And they're trying to figure out other ways to like handle their anxiety and, and their overall stress. And then I, you know, I followed up and I'm like, okay, I'll just say right now, that's amazing. You recognize that in yourself. That's a huge first step in, in, in the right direction. So I'm really proud of you. What would you like 
me to do for you now? Would you like to continue? I'm more than happy to talk with you. Do you want some suggestions? And they're like, oh yeah, suggestions. So I got to walk them through what it's called box breathing. I don't know if you heard of this, Gary, but it's, um, no. it's typically a four, four, six. So you breathe in on four, hold four, breathe out on six. Okay. And that's usually I've, a, I've dealt with I've dealt with that before. I just never heard it called box breathing. Yeah, in in some in a little bit more advanced. I don't know if you want to call it that, but it's like it's a seven, four, eight. And you you breathe in longer, hold, and then breathe out longer. And not everybody can do that, especially if you're in an acute situation, and especially if you're a child. It's your acute situation. I am a cute situation for sure. So it was, You're it was adorable, good. just like a little, just, just like a little pony at Christmas time with a ribbon on it. Okay. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, it was, it was nice to be able to, to support, support them in that. And they have, oh, that's, and that's very cool. I, I don't mean yeah, to take away from it. And they've just been it's, able it's to cool. excel and, and create a space of learning. And it's been, it's been nice. It just, kind of i don't know looking at myself when i was a young human and seeing the there was the other side of that conversation and the many people that stopped to just take their time and focus on somebody you know it's like oh hey you're you're a young individual struggling hi i'm happy to just sit here and listen or you know offer some guidance and and that's all i can do because i'm not a professional in this in counseling or anything but i can share my own experiences and People could do with that what they want. So um, it was nice to be able to do that. Been a really good week. Uh, I had an impromptu uh, pet emergency. Max. Yeah, is, what uh, happened with my dear Max? Yeah, well, I was working from home uh, for a little bit on a project, and I noticed his, his gums looked really black. And mm -hmm. they're black and pink typically, but they were particularly black, and that's because they weren't very pink. It turned yeah. out there was a little bit of internal bleeding going on from a, oh. a sizable mass that was growing on his leg, possibly related to, to the family of uh, that uh, genetic family from the large mass that was removed a few months ago. So he had that six month, six months ago, he had that, um, that was yeah. six months. It was what, three months? It's been, I think it's been close to six months. Yeah, it's been close to six months. Yeah. He had a large mass removed. It was about six pounds. And so it's not unheard of that other masses might grow as a, as a, as a result of that. So we just watched it and we decided that the best treatment was to go ahead and do surgery. And they happened to have an opening the following day. And so impromptu surgery, here we are. My dog is stoned out of his mind, has no idea how to navigate the world with a giant oh, cone. So he is bulldozing. Like mother, like dog. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's <laughs> yes, very much. I mean, he just he like plows forward and he's like, he bumps in. He's like, it doesn't mean it's not even a bump. Like he is literally like knocking things off of tables and knocking trees over, pushing the dogs out of the way, kneecapping us. It's like finally we're like, we're done. We're going on Amazon and we're ordering the freaking donut cone thing because we, our pet store isn't open. And I was like, I'm not going to wait for it to be open on Monday to maybe see if they have it in stock, which sucks. I'd rather buy local. So yeah. it's like, now I got this giant donut. I can put, put my dog in and I plan to decorate it. Thinking maybe doing like a sprinkled donut, like Homer Simpson style, just because I'm feeling humorous in the moment to do that. 
So, we'll so at this point, you need to explain something more, though. Well, so we're um, I, for those of you who don't follow Holly's Twitter and or, uh, her Instagram and Facebook, what did you do for betting for your dog and what happened? Just throw oh. this out there. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. Uh, so on my personal, <laughs> yeah. on my private, private account, I posted a picture I had made. I made two dog beds because I don't want my dog in this crate because his incisions on his hip so he can really snag his incision easily. So I, I'm not letting him sleep in his kennel, which he loves his kennel. He, mm-hmm. I can't let him sleep in there. So I made him not one, but two dog beds, big fluffy dog beds, pulled all the blankets I could find and made him dog beds. And then I made myself a bed on the floor to lay with him because he was so stoned and didn't know he couldn't find me in the, like in the one room we were in, he was super confused. And so I am, I'm making this bed for him and I go to grab a glass of wine, right? It's been a long day. Mm-hmm. One glass of wine. I'm going to hang out with my dog. Yeah. I'm going to watch Netflix, something. And I'm going to hang out with my dog and I come in. He stole my bed that I made for myself, which is nowhere near as comfortable as the two beds I made for him. So I took his two beds, piled them on top of each other and used it as my bed since he stole mine. And yet he was happy to be on my bed. It was just this little stinker. And that's pretty typical. Like if he has a chance to take my bed, he will, he will try to take my seat or my bed or whatever. Well, so this is mainly for our listeners to so understand that by no means have you ever got the idea that he's an abused dog, but just to understand how spoiled this wonderful dog is, you know, <laughs> so really, it's not. Everybody who's ever met him dog. loves him. Yeah. I was going to say that, you know, that I know Kevin would appreciate it if he didn't like Dean better than Kevin, but you know, what, what can you do? You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm sitting there. I, I watched Murderville. Have you, have you heard of Murderville? No. It's a, oh. it's, it's a really funny, weird, interesting and art. Like just, is that on Apple? Well, I don't know if it's on Apple, but it's definitely on Netflix. And okay, so it's not an Apple then. Okay. No, and it's it's basically like a true crime TV show where they bring on these really famous actors like oh, Conan O'Brien. And, yeah, and it, I heard about that. Right, and they don't tell them they don't give them a script or anything like that. Like I'm on the yeah. second episode with Marshawn Lynch, and it's basically improv, and they have to they're given like clues within all the improv that all these actors around them are doing in the setting of a murder uh true crime murder uh show and you have to then at the end they have to like the actor that or the guest star or whatever has to say who they think killed whoever and it's just the shenanigans and the and watching them break character is so funny the conan one is really good was really funny and, but you know, weird. I've never seen a, a TV show quite like it. So I've, I've been, that's what I watched while hanging out with my dog. It's funny. Conan is, I, I never really liked his interview show. It just was, it didn't, it was okay, but not, you know, I didn't have to go, oh my gosh, I need to see, I need to make sure that I DVR this or whatever to watch it. Right. He's got a podcast now, which I love to listen to. So I, oh. you, know, you never know where it's going to, gonna work he's out he's a very from... talented and 
funny individual. Oh, yeah. like, I think the medium just needed to be there for him. And honestly, if you offer me a certain amount of money, I'd be a TV show host too. So I'm sure he was oh, uh, quite happy with yeah. the money he was making on his own well, TV show. You, you, you and I would be a television host as we're doing a podcast now for, for nothing for like, you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, really, you and neither, neither one of us, oh no, we only do this because we, we love what we do. Well, yeah. that's true. I do. However, I am. But doing we it love for free. it because we have <laughs> fucking huge egos. You know, come on. I know. <sighs> Drama queens, we love the light. <laughs> oh yeah. Speaking of loving the light, my uh, we we just cast our show, uh, our theater show, uh, Stop Kiss. Anyone um, I know? Huh? Anyone I know in it? Of course. Are you going to announce who the cast is, or are you not going to do that on this podcast? No, I mean, if people are interested, they can check out our, our Instagram, for sure. Okay. Oh, my God. I hadn't realized, by the way, Instagram. I, I really don't pay attention to my Instagram, folks, and I had like three or four. I finally got, oh, I should check this out, like three or four messages from some of you listeners who I'm so sorry I did Aww. not get back to. Guys, <laughs> so when we go I off air, I will make sure to, to give him the slap down. So now you're sending me mixed messages, Holly. Do you want me to wait longer next time or what? You know, so no, don't. Miss, don't start do calling that. you don't Mistress do Holly. Humans. <laughs> no, <laughs> I just, I, I go, oh, I, shit. Okay. I typing, I am so sorry. I did this. So, you know, <laughs> well, I will tell you, I, I watch our, our Instagram, like the Queer Nundrum Instagram and the, the Twitter and the Facebook quite closely. Doesn't mean I catch it every single time. I like time, to watch but... the Twitter. Yeah, and I was really surprised by how many people that connected with me personally on our last episode where I talked about imposter syndrome. We really got a lot of people, more so than other shows that we've done. Like people actually engaged in that particular content. They were interested in just you know in supporting and thinking and sharing their thoughts on that as well. And I thought that was really thoughtful and cool that people also identify and struggle with that, especially in leadership positions, especially as, um, especially as women, like just having that uh, identity really called, you know, call attention to that feeling and that we all kind of struggle with to some, to some extent. I I thought it was cool. It just, it made me so happy to know that I reached just one person with that content, but that we reached a few people. So So at some point, this is, you're going to go, oh my God, Gary. So, okay. So, but I, <laughs> I do, you're going to have to show me on, on, on the Instagram, uh-huh. how to share content. I can post it, but I can't share something I really like. So you that can't. would be, it's not, that's oh, not, you're you not can't. able to, Instagram oh, is not so much better. <laughs> yeah. Instagram. <laughs> hey, boomer. Like, hey, boomer. How in the whole, no, excuse me. I'm generation X. Thank you very much. I'm not a boomer. Uh-huh. No, I really no. I even look I, I I thought I was a boomer for the longest time. And then Dean finally goes, Gary, you're generation X. I go, no, I'm not. And then he showed me, I go, oh fuck, I guess you know, I you, am. I'm... You might technically be, but sometimes I'm just kidding. No, you like can't most share people you can't in the share generation X. We take things from both, we take things from from the boomers and from the millennials, you know, right. because we, we straddle and I'm really good at straddling, baby. Uh, okay. <laughs> anyway, you can't share 
but you can send content like into it, like a messenger. Like if you found something you want yeah, to share. Oh yeah. And I've done that. I feel better. That. Yeah. I, I, you know, I felt, I feel I'm overall fairly competent. No, not as competent as Holly is. I'm sure she's rolling her eyes, but I'm a fairly competent person <laughs> doing this shit. But it's like, what in the holy fuck am I doing wrong that I can't share this? Now, see, that makes sense to me. Okay, yeah. so thank yeah. you. Instagram wasn't designed for that initially. It was really for the artists and sharing mm-hmm. pictures and their oh, yeah. pictures of their and art. And finding people sh- sh- sharing their yeah. selfies of being naked and stuff. And um, Yeah, no, no, I'm good. Thank you. Well, I, it's, I don't really, I try not to block anybody in any of my accounts because I really want our listeners be able to talk to us and stuff, but I'm sorry, folks, just so you do know, if you send me something naked, I'm going to block you. Unless it's a hairless cat, like a true hairless cat. I'm okay. God, no, no. Those are fucking evil. No, but I won't block you. I'm just, I have blocked and reported so many inappropriate things that I've gotten on our Quinundrum account. Please don't share that stuff. It's wasted on me. I don't care. Anyway, yeah, that on Twitter, geez, our conundrum because of what our topic, you know, what our what we are. There is, I'm all the time. Um, shoot, it's like blocking people or sending a back thing saying, "Please don't post this. Please don't follow us on this account because it looks terrible." When I'm finding somebody following us who has their dick flopping out or things like that. So it's just, so I, I get that one. And it's like, I'm all for free expression. And yeah, if we not, were, if, if we were, if we were account like that talked about nakedness and all its wonderful forms of glory, then that'd be a different story, but we're not. So anyway, right. anyway. so on to me, even though, you know, I've been talking almost the entire time anyway, um, this last week, has had some challenges, which I've talked with Holly off, off quote-unquote camera, which I'm not going to talk about on camera. Um, but I've also had, uh, again, some wonderful learning experiences. Um, I'm so excited. We hired our one position that we were still short, and so they're going to get started within two weeks, and I'm so excited about that because they seem like a really good person. And so that's been nice. Um, I have, oh my God, I have, so for you and Desiree to know, I just said, I'm sorry to do this, but I do have a coffee date with a new lesbian tomorrow. So. um, Now, you have to explain that a little bit. By new, you mean like they're new to you or they're new new to me? Okay. And the way I found her, and you you tell me if this is not love at first sight, gay love at first sight between a, you know, uh, a gay and a lesbian, is she goes, um, when I fe- it was asked me questions, you know, we're talking back and forth about things. And, um, I mentioned my husband, my husband, Dean, and she goes, I knew you were a homo. You and I are going to be best friends. <laughs> 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 Oh, and that's that, good. That's it. I, I'm hooked. So it's like, <laughs> that's good. That's good. I love it when they can connect with more people. Yeah. That's great. That's awesome. No. So I'm going out to coffee tomorrow and I'm going to someplace in this, in, that's in where I live. It's not a national chain. So I'm not saying what it is until I know if it's good or not. And then if it's good, I'll, I'll tell, talk about it next week and say, oh my God, if you're ever in 
college station, Brian, you need to go to this place, but I want to first try it out before I, before I give out kudos like that to something that I don't know yet. So, um, and then other than that, the cats are good. They're getting really sick of being inside. We're making them stay inside here. Um, at least for a little bit longer. Brother always wants to stay inside. He's not an outdoor cat. Um, Mumford, not so much. He wants to be outside all the time. And he's mm-hmm. getting to be a little, he's, I, I think he's doing some things on purpose because he's being an obnoxious little shit. Now, are you going to let me out? Okay, well, I'm going to do this. And, you know, so, so, so dealing with that. So, um, but it's been, I'm so glad it's Friday. Oh my God. I know it's not Friday for you and we, when this go, comes out, but for us, it's Friday and I have the next two days off. I get to go out with a new friend tomorrow. Sunday, ooh, my exciting plans are probably to clean. So, oh, and see, this is how boring my life is. We did buy a Roomba. Oh did my you, God. Did you, is- did you hook it up and just watch it and then replay episodes of the Jetsons as you watched it clean the house? <laughs> I did not. I didn't even think of that. I, I will say I've realized, I know this is a shock to everybody who knows me. I might have some control issues watching the room, but I get irritated. If it doesn't go to where I think it should go. <laughs> <laughs> I've had to learn yeah. not to reposition it to go for that pile of dirt. I see that it, it will eventually, it eventually it will hit it. it- <laughs> <laughs> the route it takes makes no logical sense to None. us, but it, it will just, it will drive right by a mess. And like the mess is like flipping it off and screaming at it and it will just drive on by. I know. But at some yeah, point go, it goes fuck away. You, you motherfucker, you're scared of me, aren't you a little piece of shit? Right? Now, so then, and if yeah. it's a hairball and it disappears, you're like, did it disappear because the wind in the room blew it under something or did the Roomba actually get it? I just, yeah. But anyway, so I'm trying, so I've actually said it now. I've given over the power of it and I set it up. I program it now to be doing stuff while I'm gone at work. So I just don't have to see. Oh, it see, just, now you can, now it's just, you don't even have to think about it. Well, I do because it, I, it sends me notifications. Oh like, my God. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, I can't do this. You got some issues, ah. my friend. You got... <laughs> You're just figuring Look, this out I will now? turn my Roomba on and I want to know two things. One, did it take itself back home and charge itself? three things did it take it, itself back home and charge itself two did it get stuck under that piece of furniture again or three my cat finally figured out how to write it those are the only three things i care about when i have my Roomba. and see for me and i and i i just haven't done it yet and i keep going and so maybe when i got this i'll do it but it because <laughs> i went when i set it up i had to set it up to be attached to a phone and so i had attached it to my phone and it's and so I programmed it, you know, to, to vacuum and shit like that. And somewhere along the line, I hit the yes to send me notifications. So, like at work today, I got one saying, "Your Roomba is stuck." A little bit later, <laughs> your Roomba has run out of battery. It's like <laughs> Roomba, I'm just, I, I can't yeah, with the, listen. Listen, you ain't <laughs> nobody got time for that. Just shut that shit <laughs> off and just and then you know because unless it tells you where it's stuck in the house. Just turn that stuff off. And when you come in, just look at your Apple Watch, push the Roomba button that pings where your Roomba is, and go go from there, right? But and if you guys don't I, have I that know. figured out yet, Apple, you I will know it's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. 
But okay, anyway, enough about me, enough about you. I thought we would actually, oh, I don't know, spend a little bit of time talking about the topic today, okay. if you're okay with that. I mean, we could go off and talk longer. I mean, I'm to. I'm gonna be angry, and I'm gonna be angry. I'm just gonna be angry, and I have to I have to filter myself because some of that anger I need to save for later for the next episode. But I'm gonna be angry because that's just where I'm at. Oh, yeah, this is for me. It's very sad. But so, yeah. if those of you, I'm hoping you are listening to all of our podcasts and have kept fairly well up to date. But this week we're we're starting a new feature that we'll do monthly about. Um, missing and or murdered gays and actually um uh, murdered queer people i'm sorry i shouldn't just say the gays it's murdered queer people missing murdered um unsolved and we will each be doing a person or a topic of the week and we are starting off this week with holly and her topic which we've made i've made sure holly wanted to share stuff and i said no I think it's better if we don't know what each other are doing because I think that she and I are much more genuine when we ask questions. And if you guys don't agree with that, please let us know and we will or, or switch not. that up and be better prepared. Or not. <laughs> or not. You know, because in the end, it's our fucking podcast. We'll do what we fucking want, you wonderful fuckers. No, okay. All right. All right. Are you, are you done fucking? Oh, well, honey, okay. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm 55 years old. I've been done fucking for a while. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on, moving on. Uh, so I've I've titled this "Say Their Name" um, because I think it's important to 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 say these individuals' names. These are people. Definitely. Uh, in general, these are crimes that were committed um, on the basis of discrimination, and I focused this month in honor of Black History Month. I focused on Black trans women, and for 2021 there was 55 known violent killings of transgender or gender non-conforming persons. And that's just what we know of because a lot of them go un unreported or inaccurately documented. For example, of those 55, um, a third of them were, more than a third of them actually were misgendered. And that... <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm filtering myself here because there's a lot of things I want to say um, about that. A lot of the reason that happens is because the legislation at the local and, and state levels haven't been updated for quite a while. And so they follow this archaic understanding, which is we go based off your birth certificate or whatever's on your driver's license. And a lot of states don't allow you to change that. Some states do, but some states don't. And when they don't, it really ties the hands of our law enforcement. They have to go with what's on the ID. And then they look even shittier because uh, they're obviously, they know that this is an individual who's transgender and has uh, clearly a different identity, a uh, gender identity, and they can't report that. So then that adds to the confusion and it adds to the, it adds a lot more, uh, issues to the overall investigation. So I'm focusing on Tiana Alexander, who was shot and killed January 6, 2021, almost two weeks exactly after her friend was murdered on Christmas Day in 2020, and almost the exact same way and in almost the exact same uh, block, city block. Um, Tiana Alexander is 28, was shot and killed um, 
two weeks after her, their friend, Courtney, S-A-K, um, and they were, so basically just to give you a little bit of background, uh, these two were friends. They were really close friends. They had attended high school together and they did everything. They came out together. They shopped together. They school together. Can I ask uh, a question just so I get, you mean they truly came out of the closet together? Is that what you're, Yeah. when you say, okay, just yeah. making sure. Yeah. And on the day of the killing, it, uh, this unknown person, unknown, because I'm sure they've done their investigation. Uh, unknown person, an unknown man in a silver car shot her in the head and wounded uh, a man that was walking with her in the city of Chicago. And this in particular took place on West 75th Street. And so while the trans community was mourning the loss of, of yet more, another individual who was you know killed just a couple of weeks after, um, they are just they're shooken by the fact that there's a similarity. There, there's, there's so much evidence that there's a potential connections, uh, either hate crime or a serial killer, whatever. Uh, it killed both of them by shooting them both in the head. And in, at around the same time of day and in the same neighborhood. And it, the Chicago Police Department has done next to nothing other than just misgendered them while the community is just left in, in shock. You know, there's, they don't have any resolutions. There doesn't seem to be anything happening. Their name is barely even mentioned in the news. And, and yet there's no arrest. There's no, like the investigation is cold. And that's the same thing with Courtney's um, murder as well. So on top of this injustice is compounded by, again, that misgendering and, and by the police. But by the media, like the media doesn't have to hold by those standards that the city requires of their of their staff. The media is doing that. And it's not all media, but a good portion of the media does that is doing that as well, which adds to that anti transgender stigma. And it ex it's exaggerated by the disrespectful treatment by the our elected officials. And so then you're left like, well, what do you do? I mean, we have to wait for legislation to vote down a lot of these bullshit trans anti-trans laws that are out there and, or don't say gay. And we have to wait until those get to a certain point where we hopefully get a say as a citizen. But really, it starts even before that. We have to, we have to start with the people we elect at the local level and know that they're going to represent appropriately at the up at the highest level of our courts so it's not just waiting for these things to come across in a ballot we have to do it at the point which we're appointing individuals in elected offices and that's hard a lot of people don't understand that that we can affect change at the grassroots level and that can then have an effect at the at the national level and so i was i looked into this a little bit more the human rights campaign or hrc they have a really good amount of information you can find on their website, but they did talk about both these individuals and, and about what, and actually about all 55 known uh, individuals who were murdered, who identified as either transgender or non-conforming. And they looked at, they looked at basically, they basically did a study on like how many uh, how many of these individuals were misgendered or how many of these are going unsolved and, and ignored. 
And as of 2020, the violence against transgender people is at an all-time high, which I think we could all agree. We've seen a lot of this in our news, uh, at least here in the United States. But I know that that's, it's also in other countries around the world. And it's estimated to be approximately three quarters of all known victims are misgendered. So I misquoted myself earlier. It's actually three quarters, not one, quarter, not one third. Three quarters are misgendered by the media or by law enforcement. And it, the HRC offers a lot of guidelines for journalists. So if you're a journalist and you're listening to this, uh, the hrc.com does have some resources that can help educate you on how to report transgendered uh, cases, whether it's murder or otherwise. And they, so basically they have what's called the Media Matters and the Trans, uh, Trans Journalist Association. And there's a FAQ out there that you can, you can look at and educate yourself. And it's just, I, I'm mad because these there's so many of these that go unsolved because of racism, because of discrimination in general, regardless of race. And we have to demand from our elected officials to reject harmful anti-transgender legislation at all levels, the local, state, and federal. And if we don't do that, we're going to see and we're going to see more violence disproportionately affecting transgender women of color, especially black transgender women. And I, I know that's not like, I don't know. I don't have a lot of information about Tiana you can look up uh, some testimonials from their uh, friends and community members and just talk about how beautiful these people were and how engaged they are within their own community. They were young. They barely got their lives going. They're, you know, 28, 25, like they just didn't have, they didn't get to have the life that we all get to enjoy because it was taken away from them through, through hateful means. And it needs to stop. It needs to stop. And we can do something about that. That's is very very sobering statistics, and um, we can stop it. But the problem, I will say, that no matter what our challenge is, that we have a bunch of dicks out there who think that they're right no matter what, and so we can stop the misidentifying. But until we until we make sure that we're as open as humanly possible and making sure that everybody is accepting. You're still gonna have the jurors to do this, but it's harder for them to hide under rocks is the best way I can say it that. It is. So. And when you have certain people in the limelight, as it were, acting inappropriately and illegal and not having any repercussions for those behaviors, you basically justify that behavior. and. And that doesn't stay quiet. They get they go and block bark they barcade transportation between countries and states, and they go on they go on a, a peaceful protest, a i.e. Uh, I don't know insurrection when they're breaking down our government buildings to stop voting, and yet they try to disillusion us and say, oh no no no, it was a peaceful protest, and that wasn't that wasn't. Uh, illegal act. It's like, yes, it fucking was. 
And as soon as, as soon as we can recognize that and we can make the change and take action, you're right. It's not going to make a difference if we don't start doing that. If we don't start electing people who care about people and not about the politics and not about the job or the money or whatever it is that's motivating these guys, mostly men, um, it's, it's going to continue to be perpetuated. And that's, it, it angers me. I've often find I'm very angry about that. And you have a right to be, um, mine, um, I went, uh, I decided to look back in history a little bit for my first one out and I picked talking about, um, Gerald Cavanaugh. Most of this information I got was um, from a great article written by Kevin Fagan. Um, that if you if you search his name, you find a bunch of things about about this particular subject, which I'm going to be talking about. Um, uh, Gerald Cavanaugh was 49 years old when he lost his life in San Francisco in 1974. He is believed to be the first of at least five, but maybe as many as 16 gay men who were killed viciously by a man called the Doodler. <clears throat> it was determined he was killed while awake. He was fully clothed. And, was and his body was located on January 24th, 1974, lying face up on Ocean Beach in San Francisco, California, in the early hours of the morning. There was a person who called in who said, I think I see a dead body. I think you should come and check it out. Maybe he needs help. And they hung up. There are a lot of people who believe the person who called was the actual serial killer. It was determined that he fought viciously to stay alive, that he was completely awake while the attack was going on. He had 17 stab wounds to his body. They assume he was gay because he was found on what was known then as a gay beach. And that's where a lot of men would go to have sex. The really sad part about Gerald is that he fought in World War II for 18 months. He's from uh, Montreal, Canada. He moved to the United States, went into the military. When he left the military, he went to San Francisco because, again, this is all stuff they theorize because nobody looked into it a lot. He went to California because this is where he was able to live his true life as a gay man. His whole family in Canada were very Catholic. And when you when they talked to his family, not then, but later when this Kevin Fagan looked them up, um, even though a majority of them wouldn't talk to him, found out that that they wouldn't accept his lifestyle. Mm. And even at that point, a lot of people, a lot of the family members that would talk to them were theorizing because it was younger people who would who would talk to Kevin about what happened. 
He was buried in California with a grave that just has his name and his the day he was born and the day he died on it. Nothing else. His family did not want to take him back to take him back to where they're from. They were they had nothing to do with him. When finally they had to convince one of them to come down to identify him, when they finally found the family members and they found one. They had to convince his sister to come down to identify him. He was so mangled and had been stabbed so much, she couldn't officially identify him. They had to wait till dental records. So we're talking about this person who finally agreed to come and look to see. And no matter what's going on, this is still her brother. She has to look at this face that she can't positively identify as her brother because of how bad, how badly it's been done to. And yet they still couldn't identify, she couldn't identify him. And so they had to wait that point till dental records to make sure it was really who she thought it was, but couldn't say for sure. Um, in the period of, I want to get to the right dates here, between... January 1974 and September 1975, like I said, there were five for sure victims and up to 16 victims. Only three survivors were killed by this man. They determined he was a black man around six feet tall in his early to late 20s. Honestly, from everything I read, I don't know how they even came up with that conclusion. You know, so there's part of me wondering, did they really find who this was? You know, if they really, they never had any leads. So I don't know where they even came up with that. Um, the reason he was called the doodler is because he would um, get a, he would find who he wanted to to hit on and he would he would uh, draw a picture of that, of that person and take it up to him. And that's the way he made his first contact. Mm -hmm. So of course these men were just completely flattered and, and they're in the San Francisco area. So of course, why would they even think there was an issue? Of course they're going to, you know, at that point, but um, I mean, they the assumptions they had where it was a young, tall, black man, good looking. And he is, you know, presumably hitting on them. So of course they're going to, in this day, in that day and age, we're going to go, oh my God, this is perfect. Of course, I'm going to go with you. Mm -hmm. um, they, he um, hit all the reason they, all of them were hit on in gay nightclubs, bars, and restaurants. This is where he picked up all his people. There is a, a composite drawing of what he very well could look like now that um, we will post on our webpage, along with a picture of Gerald Cavanaugh to show who he was, because I'm more, I mean, by this point, we, I doubt, you know, the murder will ever get solved. Um, what happened was that in this time frame, you got to realize that's 1974, people were still being arrested for, for sodomy. This is in, in California, in San Francisco, the gay mecca of the world 
And even at this point, there was still, there was gay bashing going on all over the place. There was, um, you remember Harvey Milk, who's, who that's where he was a councilman, did not make it out of the 70s. He was shot to death because of him being gay. Um, the saddest part, there's so many sad things about this, but the saddest part of this is the reason we never heard of any of this is because there were, at the same time period, there were other murderers going on of, of, of single white women. Um, the Zodiac Killer, you know, was the exact same time frame. The Zebra Killer was in the same time frame. And these were going after young, straight, blonde-haired college girls. So this made news. Why would a news place even report about a fag, quoting, a fag who nobody cared about? I mean, most people at this point still thought that they, they, they had a mental sickness, and if they didn't want to change it, they should just die. Um, so the first time we even heard about this serial killer was a year after the fact. There was a small article on um, page like eight of a newspaper that had this uh, talk about this horrific killing of, of men, but didn't talk about they were gay. It just said of, of these men. And at that time, it was they were only listed that there were five. Um, and again, they can never prove more. The five that they have identified for sure from this person is Gerald Kavanaugh, who on January 24th was killed of 1974. Joseph J. Stevens on, Jan on June 25th. Klaus Christman on July 7th. Warren Andrews on in April 1975. Frederick Capon on May 12, 1975, and Harold Gulberg on June 4, 1975. The, I want to make sure I'm saying the right person of these, Klaus Christman. The entire reason that the, the police at the time assumed he was gay is because he had in his pocket some lipstick. Even though he was married and had three kids, they assumed because he had a lipstick in his pocket and was in the in the gay area that he was a closet homosexual. They had no proof he was, mm. except for the fact that he was killed, and he and that he that they found lipstick in his pocket. And he was actually of all of them, he had the most stab wounds of anybody. As it said, his death had been somewhat more violent than the previous murders because he had considerably more stab wounds than Stevens and had been slashed in the throat several times. Damn. Again, the body was fully clothed. They all were fully clothed. And it says right here, Christman, unlike the previous victims, was married and had children. The fact that he had, quote unquote, a makeup tube on his person when he died suggested to the police he may have been a closeted gay man. He remained unidentified briefly while police were investigating the cases, which they believe were related after the third murder. 
he was buried in native Germany. All of these weren't linked together in the media until literally article from 2018. That's when it really became, that's when all this was linked together. Wow. It had been discussed. People said it happened, but until that article by Steve Fagan came out, uh-huh. uh, Kevin Fagan came out, it it was never all that was linked together with the other 16. Um, Are with you the total serious? Of 16. There's yeah. so many things. Oh my gosh. <laughs> These people range in age from the youngest was 27 to the youngest Harold Gulberg was 66. Um, really in that there is no other distinguishing thing other than the fact that there is an assumption that they were all queer. That's the only assumption that really, but because of this and the time frame it happened in, the doodler had a free for all. Because that makes me wonder how many others are there are. Exactly. Because at that point, people would not come forward. How, they would not come forward if they really had any information because if most of these men weren't out to their families, to their friends, to their employers because of how bad they would be treated. And so because of how oppressive our society was then, this killer is still free to this day. And no leads. They never had a solid lead. And again, I'm always really curious how they determined it was a tall black man when, from everything I've read on it, there was nothing that indicated it was any, you know, how would they know? Um, I'm, this one has sort of gotten my attention. I'm going to be looking into it more. And if I find out more, I'm going to give updates because it was really, um, I was looking at another article about some, another thing I was going to do, and this one came up, and I started looking at it and looking. I go, oh, I'm going to put it aside, and I'm going to read it later. And I kept looking. I go, okay, fuck it, I'm giving up the other one. I'm going to do this one because it's just it's it's so. I felt that way about the Pulse shootings. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Because there's a lot of stuff that's happening in Florida right now, and mm-hmm. I just it. I was like, wow, I really wanted to talk about that, but I was like, no, I really want to give a. a some time for these individuals because it's it's like nothing's being done it felt like there's there's barely any information and i feel like the police in chicago aren't doing anything and that's the sad part where we can tie all this in together and that why why listeners we wanted to to do this um and i'll admit i kind of i think i maybe pushed holly into this direction a little bit but I just think it's very something that we need people to understand that if this only gets to one person, that person, that listener gets to hear about these wonderful human beings that lost their lives. I mean, it's, it, it's heartbreaking to think about these, these people who um, really were, doing you know what i'm talking about my the people i looked at this time in holly i'm talking about anything that we do this in the future with there they were all looking for love it's not they weren't they weren't doing anything to hurt people that we know of but they were just looking for love they are just they they had bills to pay they um 
had to go to their job and they were normal everyday people that lost their lives because another person decided their life wasn't worth living and so they killed them and mm-hmm. it's it just it kills me inside that this this is happening and it's gotten better in the years since my event for gay men in particular it's gotten much better but now we're we're fighting to make sure that 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 all queer people can be who they want to be and not have to worry about that and like one of my big soapboxes is saying that one of, to me, one of the worst areas of that is in the queer community itself. So if you're queer and you you hear another person talk, you hear another person, I'm talking about queer people right now, talking shit about a queer person, take them aside, you know, tell them that if they believe that, they don't need to, sh- to, to show other people, just we need that we, as a community, you need to have a united front mm-hmm. and tell people to fuck off and leave us alone. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how else to put it. I mean, I'm being very serious with that. Yeah, but I also can see the fear in doing something like that too. Um, saying fuck off and then and then find yourself at the end of the conversation of involving a gun. Like, and I'm talking about. I'm not talking about doing this to. Joe military, you know, KKK person. I'm talking about another queer person. Oh, yeah. I'm just talking about that another queer person. If they're, because it happens in our community. Yeah, it will. And it happens in not just our community, but it, it, I just had somebody the other day, they're a First Nation, had First Nation, um, I forget what the other, what their dad is. But anyway, uh, they're like half First Nation. And so they're talking with another individual who identifies as white and is white. And the gal was like, yeah, if somebody, you know, if a Native American wants to be mad at me and like discriminating against me, I'm not going to be mad about it. It's fair. We were shit. And I'm like, okay, that yeah. doesn't solve anything. I didn't say anything. And then the the gal who, de- who identifies as half uh, First Nation was like, yeah, and they're teaching, you know, there a lot of people in tribal land are teaching their kids to hate white people. And it's this back and forth, back and forth conversation. And I wasn't really in part of, I was part of a conversation just before it spun into this. And I just had to walk away because I'm like, that doesn't solve anything. This solves nothing. Like, no. I mean, I get it. Like, there's there's hurt and there's anger and there was wrongdoing. Yes. But teaching hate or accepting to be discriminated against because your ancestors were assholes doesn't make the situation better. It makes it worse, if anything. I will at least say that they accepted that our ancestors were shitty and hopefully that person learns from that and doesn't. Right. I mean, yes, they had that understanding and that, but it was just this, it was just weird because I hear a lot of people in our, lbgtq community yeah. not only be discriminatory based on color of skin 
but also just like, oh, bisexual is not a real identity. They just haven't decided who they are. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. Who, who gives you that right to say that? Like their identity is just as valid as yours. It's just- and I will even say for a long time, I was one of those people um, where I, I and you know, that's a, a while ago I got through well, that, you know, you have, but it, it just is something. You have to learn from that. You have to be oh, yeah. willing to learn from that. And I'm still a person who, oh my God, all the time. And it's my first thought. And it, I, and my, oh gosh, when I, um, when I meet somebody who I'm assuming is trans, my, and again, it's the sometime we lead leap to where I immediately, my first thought is when did they, when did they become a woman or when did they become a man? It's not, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to get past that where just, I want to be able to assume that they are, you know, just, I don't want that assumption to be made. It's just that they are a man or they are a woman and I don't want to. Um, and so that's something I'm working on. On that note, um, there is a really great uh, podcast on Wondery um, that is about uh, Maria Rivera. Just if you put in on any podcast platform, put in Maria Rivera, this great six-part series will come up. Uh, uh, She was a, a trans person on a reality show, and it's um, a really, really good, salacious sometimes podcast, but it's really, it does make you really think about who you are and how you treat people. And I would really recommend everybody to listen to. So I don't just like to do podcasts. I like to listen to bunches of them too. So, <laughs> and I think, I, I don't know, I think we've probably said as much as we can on this and we just start repeating ourselves unless there's something more you wanted to say holly there isn't um i will say actually i will i'm going to say this if you are listening and you know anything about the black doodler uh or or the individual driving around in a silver car in chicago killing black trans women please 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 report it if you have to do it anonymously do that anonymously provide the information and, and, and allow the opportunity for the Chicago Police Department or the San Francisco Police Department to honor these victims by finding the assholes who took these, these beautiful people from this world far too early. Amen. That's what I got. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this episode of Say Their Name. Um, next week we'll be dumping it, jumping into some, some news, kind of going through like what's going on with our legislation and, um, just things that we should just, we should just know what's happening in this world. Just saying until next time, be well. And be queer, you wonderful fuckers. (laughs) Thank you for connecting with us on this week's conundrum. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Queernundrum Podcast. And email us at Queernundrum at Queernundrum.com. And please rate and review us on iTunes. Until then, peace and be well. And be queer.